What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. guys five movies this is one of your co-hosts chris gasper this is frank pelican you were listening to the quick cage and uh frank which cage movie you're gonna tell us about tonight uh so tonight we're gonna talk about a movie that i was surprised to be mostly okay with <laughs> um which is 2006's world trade center <laughs> um obviously involving the uh september 11th attacks on the world trade center and their subsequent collapse um, alongside uh, Mr. Cage stars, uh, stars uh, Michael Pena, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, uh, Maria Bello, Stephen Dorff, Jay Hernandez, Michael Shannon. Um, directed by Oliver Stone. Uh, so really, I didn't know what to expect going into this movie. Um, what I expected was a really maudlin, um, kind of one-note like look at you know, the attacks and the politics, and I expected it to be, like, super one-sided in terms of its political views, um, just because Stone is so, I mean, I wouldn't call him liberal, but whatever Oliver Stone is, like, anti-authoritarian, basically. Yeah. Um, I found it, surprisingly, to be a really, um, like 70% of it was just a really affecting look at like pretty horrible moment in our country's history. Um, you know, which you and I, and most people like around our age were like hyper aware of at the time and lived through. Um, I thought that it, so the basic premise is that, um, cage and Pena are both port authority police officers, Mm. um, who during the initial stages of the attack get called to, um, action, to be basically first responders on the scene and try and um, help uh, help people get out of the, the towers. Um, they're in Tower 5 when everything starts to collapse and they get trapped under the rubble um, along with a couple of their other uh, colleagues, uh, most of whom die, one of whom dies like pretty shortly after, and then spent um, a pretty harrowing uh, for Michael Pena, the character he plays was like 13 hours um, trapped under like girders and concrete and um, Cage's character was actually trapped for 18 hours. So a lot of the movie is really just on the strength of those two, basically immobile, like trapped under, you know, fictional tons of debris, um, which like, you know, in most, in like if it's not handled right, it could be just really boring or, um, I guess overly sentimentalized, but I thought they did a really good job between the two of like just being like portraying two men who are in like the most dire of situations and think they might not get out and like sharing life stories with each other and talking to each other and just basically like trying to keep each other's spirits up and keep each other awake so they don't die. Um, there's a couple parts in the movie that are, 
I don't necessarily understand what Stone is going for. Like, so I read some reviews of this where people found him to be really, um, like, like anti-Bush in how he filmed it, and I didn't get that at all. Like, to me, he didn't even bring politics into it necessarily. Mm. I mean, aside from showing Bush's speech that he gave about like you know, we'll track these people down and we'll, whatever, like, bring the force of the United States to bear, whatever the line is. The press conference that he gave, like, pretty much immediately after. Um, it mostly leaves the politics out, with the exception of this weird character played by Michael Shannon, who is apparently another real person, who is a guy that worked some business, I don't know what he did, but that decided to join the Marines on the day of the attack. And was the person that kind of located these two police officers that were trapped, like in real life, this happened, um, and helped to get first responders or rescue forces to him so they could get him out of the rubble. Um, he's played like as a religious zealot, basically, like almost like a stoic automaton that his only his only mission is to be a marine and to exact justice against the enemies of our country. Um, it's a really weird, like, wooden performance, and, I mean, just, like, a strange addition to the movie, but, I mean, he's only in it for maybe a total of, like, 15 minutes of screen time, 20 minutes of screen time, so it's not even, like, super distracting. Um, the CGI scenes of the buildings collapsing are frigging horrifying. Um, I guess, like, super, like, detailed research done by Stone as to how um like how the buildings actually collapse um so like you know obviously i mean i don't know not to talk too much about 911 but you know we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of it so i guess probably kind of like relevant yeah. um i was off work that day and was super pissed because sports center was preempted um until i realized like what was happening and then it was just you know like this really kind of horrifying time where for at least like 12 to 24 hours like you were just kind of glued to the tv trying to figure out like you know what happened what um you know who did this like why was this done all the conflicting reports we were getting of like the pentagon and you know like how many planes have flown into the towers and then for you know several months after there was just kind of this weird like maybe weird isn't the right term but like uncommon like unifying effect among people where i wouldn't say that people were nicer but you kind of felt like more less inclined to be like belligerent towards people around you and stuff sure um which obviously in the interim has faded significantly but um yeah i I don't know if you remember him saying this uh friend of ours from a long time ago like used to always say that um once the country is emasculated in some way, they tend to like basically put aside their petty grievances and stuff like that, and it makes people better overall when they can, you know, Who have that kind of. In that too? The person I first heard it say it was Wesley, like when, like long before nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't know about that. Wesley, it's not true. my friend. So. Oh. Um. But anyway, so I was um really surprised by how like even handed I found it. Um, 
and maybe even handed isn't the right word, but I, I just felt like he was just more interested in telling the story of these people as opposed to, um, you know, trying to like push forth any kind of agenda or whatever, um, which is really what I thought it would be. Sure. Um, again, I, I, I don't know about like where the criticism was pulling from, but I found very little of it to be like pointed in any way towards anybody or against anybody. Yeah. Um, it's so, weird because, oh, go ahead. Can I, can I ask you this? I, I, I know a little bit about like Stone's thoughts on these kind of things in politics. So I, I know that, so I know he's anti Bush, you know, and I know he voted with Obama for Obama and became disillusioned with his policies. And a lot of his policies, um, from a foreign policy standpoint, seem to kind of like almost align with somebody like, say, uh, Noam Chomsky, right? Um, that, um, we as Americans tend to do things to keep countries down and therefore the peoples of those countries down and their people just like us. And we are also kept down by, you know, the powers that be through propaganda, through television companies and all these other things and film companies. Um, and certainly why, like, it's harder for him to make movies outside of like his, you know, that he wants to make outside of putting up the money himself. Um, and, he, to some degree, doesn't support what happened on 9-11, but, like, he understands why they did what they did. Um, so did you see any sympathy with the terrorists at all in this? Yeah. There's absolutely nothing about that at all. Right, and, and not to say that he does sympathize. I think he does sympathize with the terrorists from their worldview of why they why they would do something like that. But I think he also sympathizes with the first responders and the people that were killed that day because he sees all of them, the terrorists and the citizens of this country as pawns to be kind of just moved around the board. And I think that's his viewpoint on all of it. Um, that it's basically innocence, killing innocence um, and the real problem not being solved. If I had to kind of paraphrase what I think his worldview is, um, so, so it's more sympathizing with the citizens and first responders, then, right? Yeah, I look. Yeah. There's no, there's barely even any mention of the fact that it was. I don't even know if they ever say the word terrorism in this movie. Sure. Like, I don't know that they ever reference. They definitely don't reference like Al Qaeda or right. Hamas or the Taliban or anything. I mean, it's it's all just very much focused on people like willing to risk their lives to save other people is basically the like the overarching like theme of the movie right right um which was i was surprised like again like i expected it to be a lot more politically sure i was surprised myself you telling me those shit um so again like as a tribute to really just a tribute to the first responders um both those that like were injured or died in the actual building collapse and the people that immediately responded after like he shows people from where are they from like Minneapolis or something I think it's like police officers coming down to help and they're cooking brats like for people that are at the scene and I I don't know it's just small things where it's just like humanity I guess like at its best as opposed to like any kind of and then he shows um, actual, there's a few times where it cuts to real life footage 
um, one of the things is reactions from people in other countries to like the events and people in other countries being like horrified and, you know, glued to the television, like watching it occur. And I don't know, like it's really well filmed. Um, again, the, the disaster scenes are not at all like exploitive in the way they're filmed, but they're also like super effective. Um, like it definitely felt like a pretty appropriate tribute and sort of like almost like visual memorial <clears throat> to the events. Um, Cage and Pena are really good in it. I, I, I think Michael Pena is a really underrated actor in a lot of ways. Like, Absolutely. That dude's one of the better character actors, I think, working. Um, Absolutely. You know, we, we really like him from The Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's great in the Ant-Man movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and here he's, you know, he's just really like a believable human being in this movie. Um, Cage might overact a tiny bit, but until he gets trapped in the rubble, it's actually one of my favorite performances from him in like the 2000s, like mid 2000s, um, where he actually feels like a real human being. Um, and it's not like overwrought or whatever, like the things that Cage can certainly be guilty of. Um, it's just a nice... And maybe that's the thing, maybe the playing a real person and having to kind of um, sort of like do like do justice to this guy um, because the guy's also still alive and is, you know, like genuinely like a person that can be considered a hero, I think, for, you know, selflessly like running into the building to save people. Um, but it's pretty good, you know, and it's 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 a good solid performance and it was didn't feel like a long two hours and 15 minutes, despite the fact that probably about 40 minutes of it is just like camera shots of two dudes, like stuck underneath, you know, like I said, like tons of rubble. Um, those, their performances really elevate those scenes to being like kind of compelling as opposed to boring. Um, again, the only thing that really I had any kind of like misgivings about was the Michael Shannon portrayal of this guy, just as a, you know what he reminded me of? Um, in uh in X Files, fuck, I can't remember that character's name. Shit, this is gonna fucking. What's the, what's, what's the role? Like, what's and he wears a suit? He's a bad guy. He's like, sort of like a man in black almost. Oh, um, it's the um fuck, the, the, the bounty hunter, <laughs> the guy with the square jaw, and he's always wearing like a black suit with a black tie and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they called him they called him the alien bounty hunter was like his official name or whatever. Um, um, uh, Brian Thompson is the actor's name. So he plays them like that, yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. so it's this like locked jawed, wide eyed, like zealot kind of that's basically saying, you know, we need to exact revenge. It's my mission from God to do these things, and it's weird because like he's a heroic character in the context of the movie, but the way that stone films him, he almost feels like a villain, but he doesn't do anything villainous. You know what I mean? Right. Like he yeah. ends up like being the person that's willing to go into the rubble and who finds these people and who leads first responders there. And, mm-hmm. but then every chance they get, they just make you like, they kind of put you at odds with them from an emotional standpoint. 
and uh, he's not in it enough to ruin it. Um, but it's just weird. Yeah, the stuff with the families is pretty compelling. Like, um, uh, Maria Bello is uh, um, Cage's wife, and they have a family, and then uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal is uh, Michael Pena's wife, and she's like five months pregnant, and they have a little girl, and you know, it's just some really nice like. Does her like face change? Does her face change in it? It looks the same as it ever looks anywhere. I mean, she looks like a gelfling or whatever. But I, I just mean like her emotions because I, I think she's pretty stilted in a lot of ways, and sometimes yeah, that works. It, it, it probably meets the range of what you'd expect, okay. I guess, about your opinion. Okay. Um, there, uh, there's this weird thing though, like when they're both like near death, where Nicholas Cage looks up and like can see like fires like through the rubble, like he can kind of see out into the smoke of the sky. And he like imagines Jesus, and it's just a really weird, almost like animation scene. And it only lasts for like thirty seconds, so it's whatever. But it's just, it kind of catches you off guard when it happens, because it's completely in op- opposition to the rest of the way the movie's filmed, which is hyper realistic and you know, right, like with a measure of like right. reserve, in deference to like the gravity of the the subject matter. And then it's just like here's anime Jesus or whatever, but, but yeah, like I was I, I honestly like I don't know if I want to say pleasantly surprised, but I certainly enjoyed it far more than I thought I would, and um, you know, we definitely like it's it's like I said about Snowden, like it almost feels as if I mean because this this movie came out in two thousand six, you're only talking. Um, five years after the actual events. Um, but it's like, I don't want to say it feels like it's too soon, but I don't know. Like, I, I think I would have been better served if I watched this movie maybe a decade from now when I'm like 30 years removed from the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but even 20 years removed, like, it still is so, like, foremost in my memory where I can remember, like, everything about you know, that time that um, I saw it kind of, I don't want to say a negative reaction, but I was uncomfortable watching like certain elements of it. Yeah. And then it's depressing because you see people like Giuliani in it, you know, because they use actual footage. Right. And you see this dude that's like calm and level headed and urging like yeah, calm, level headed thinking and, you know, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves. You know, we got to try and rescue as many people as we can. Like that's our ultimate mission is to try and save it. It's like, you see this dude, that's this almost like paragon of virtue. And then, yeah, like what he became, you know, 15 years later, it's just crazy. Sure. I mean, Giuliani showing up on Saturday night live, like after all of that was like a really defining moment of that period. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then, yeah, you think about somebody you thought could be like maybe president someday just from his sure, his collected reserve and calm and, you know, whatever, like the scenes of him leading people like through the destruction. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that, you know, yeah, really spoke volumes. I think about that man's character at the time and just to dash it all away for no reason or maybe for like reasons, but no good reason. Right. Yeah, so that's it. That's the movie. Um, I think I texted you that I may have like another two or three positive quick cages in me, and I was surprised that this was one of them. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. So now you saw United '93, right? 
what one? United ninety three, the one oh, about no, I'm the... watching that movie. Oh, really? I thought you had seen that like when it came out or something like that. No, no, work. no, don't care. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask you like how how things were portrayed compared to the movies, but I thought you I, had seen it. I have a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble watching docudramas that take place during my adult lifetime. If that makes sense. Sure. I don't yeah. want to watch. Like I watched something like like Syriana, you know, and I just, I don't want to see it. Like, I don't... Not a very good movie, honestly. No, 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 terrible movie. But, I don't know, I don't know what's... It, even stuff that takes place outside of my adult lifetime, like, Munich. You know, Munich, like, it's just not interesting. And I, like, I've seen mm-hmm. it, I yeah. just don't really care. Or maybe it's like, maybe it's the ones that are so, like, ultra-serious about their subject matter. And, this movie is ultra serious, but again, it's like it's very reverential, and it's more of like a legitimate docudrama where it's just telling the story of what happened without assigning any kind of like political narrative or making it like an op-ed or whatever. I mean, it's just like here's the story of these people, and this is how they were saved, and that's it. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. But I did, I did you see Argo? Uh, that's the um. What's his name? Ben Affleck one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one with the fake movie, right? Yes. Where they say, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I might have fallen asleep during it. I can picture like a lot of scenes in it, though. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I uh, when you were talking about movies like that, I actually, I probably like Munich a little bit better than you, but I, it's it's look, it's filmed very well. Um, but I understand what you mean about like getting bored by those stories. Um, I thought Argo was probably one of the better ones, honestly, like out of those type of movies. Is that like bored? I mean, they can certainly be boring, but I think it's more that I like the sense of escapism when I watch movies. Like that's what matters to me. So yeah, not being able to escape from reality while watching a movie feels like counterproductive. Like that's Mm -hmm. not what I not how I want to spend my time. Yeah, basically. that's interesting. I was talking about that with a student earlier today, um, as I was getting to know him on the first day of class, and she um, pretty exclusively, uh, much like my wife, like reads um, sci-fi fantasy for that very reason, um, is that she likes it to be as far away from the real world as possible. Um, and um, you're kind of like in between like me, I think, and, and, and somebody like that, like where it's like you like some realism, but you don't like things to be too real. It feels like. I like hyper real. I like. I think of a good example. Like fucking Commando or something. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not like the best example, but it's obviously set within the confines of like the real world, but with ridiculous like scenarios and characters and sure just absolutely unbelievable you know yeah. like narrative basically whereas yeah. when i see something and what's weird is there's things like when we talked about this i don't know if we talked about this on a podcast or just you and i but like charlie wilson's war and mm-hmm. confessions of a dangerous mind um right good night and good luck like there's certain movies that are quiz show is another one that's a good example certain movies are like set firmly in reality but i still find them enjoyable 
and mm-hmm. I don't know like where that dividing line is. Yeah, it's and interesting. Where, it's, it'd be interesting where that line is because yeah, you know. I think it's when I feel like the movie is preaching to me mm. or trying to beat me, like something like um, like Zero Dark Thirty or The Hurt Locker or whatever. You know, sure. like American Sniper is another example where like I just like I get it, you know, and you don't need to like this fucking like jingoism or whatever yeah of like pro-american yeah propaganda almost where it's like you're not telling me a compelling story you're just trying to whatever i don't yeah as i was doing some quick research like i just found like where stone was saying after two um after 9-11 um in october of 2001 he was saying that like what he would the movie he would really like to make that he could never make is like um almost like this kind of like remake of like battle of algiers in the modern time where you could have like pacing of like something like the french connection and like the you know the use of like satellites like enemy of the state enemy of the enemy of the state and like kind of show both sides of the terrorists and the intelligence community um and kind of show like to use it to kind of expose some of the absurdity of like these two sides going to war when there's uh, kind of like what I was saying earlier, kind of like when it's like, like these soldiers are going to war for a reason that they are both justified for and kind of don't understand. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, and he's right. I don't know if he can make that movie like even today because i don't I, honestly because it might sympathize it might feel like too sympathetic towards terrorists you know i mean um i think he's right that you can't make that movie like nobody's gonna like back it um but yeah I mean, he's an interesting dude i'm i'm really looking forward to he has a um documentary coming out on jfk called um JFK revisited, like I don't know, something through through the looking glass. That's it. Um, that I think is debuting at Cannes right now. Um, and a lot of it's about like the revelations that came out of when he did JFK, um, and what's kind of happened since. And I think Sutherland narrates it. Um, but I saw an interview with him on YouTube the other day. Um, He's he's a, he's a, he's an interesting dude. I mean, he's for a left winger. He's he's a little bit of a left wing conspiracy theorist, you know. I mean, um, in a lot of different ways. Um, it's like he has the broad strokes, like maybe right, but then the details sometimes, like yeah. Um, but he's an interesting guy. I'm glad that like I mean, you didn't like Snowden as much as this, but I'm glad that like it seems like he hasn't completely lost it. Um, as a filmmaker, right? Look, like the dude's a friggin' like incredibly competent filmmaker. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. I think he makes weird decisions now sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that means that he's. Can you give me an example? Like what you see again, now, like the the Jesus anime the Jesus thing. thing. Um. In Snowden, there's the scenes of him, like, like where he's hacking the web, um, and yeah, 
you know, just like whatever. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like shooting out beams of fucking technic energy from his fingertips, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, I see that he has has a, his first memoir out that came out last year, I guess. Um, called um, "Chasing the Light." Directing, writing, directing, and surviving Platoon, Midnight Express, Scarface, Salvador, and the and the movie game. Um, I should probably start doing that. I know that you don't really have a lot of interest in that because you don't like to know about artists um, that much. But um, like, but um, that's probably something I should start doing if we're gonna be like you know just for background knowledge on more things. Is start reading. Stuff about movies more. I mean, I like to read about movies. You don't like to read read from those people, right? I don't want to read about the people, like the lives of the people making the movie. Right, right. Yeah. And I, and I I think I'm actually interested in that stuff where you're not. I, I find behind the scenes knowledge of like the actual filmmaking process to be fascinating. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite things is, um, about a movie I'm not a particularly big fan of, which is um, the Apocalypse Now documentary from like ten years ago, um, talking about like Coppola basically like having you know, like all the hell that everyone went through. To you were like movie. Lex Luger level like flip flop like on Apocalypse Now. I swear, I swear to God, Frank. Like I think I've heard you flip on this movie at least a dozen times in my life. What does that tell you about? That's more of a criticism. I swear what happens is when you watch it, you like it more, and the further you get away, you like it less. Right. I think that's I think that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, even I think when we talked about it, what when did we talk about that? What podcast was that on? Uh night uh, best of seventy nine. So that was like two years ago in probably December. So I think I still talk about my problems with it. You do. I look, there's there are things about that movie that are absolutely astounding, like from a filmmaking perspective, and performances that are, I don't know, like, like iconic performance. I don't know how else to say it. But just it, there, there's things about that movie that are fantastic, and there's things about that movie that I just find to be kind of tiresome. I don't know. Yeah. And whenever I think about it in hindsight, like, I guess it's the way my brain works is I think about, like, the tiresome aspects of it as opposed to. But I mean, like the shit, like uh, most of the scenes where they're on the um, the P boat or whatever, like throwing the um, smoke canisters and getting attacked by the, um, like the bows and arrows or whatever, and the shit where they pull over the rice boat and you know massacre those people in the pub, like all that stuff mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah, the shit yeah. where he has to go to find the lieutenant of that one platoon that's like in the dark like the river delta like base or whatever Mm -hmm. like all that shit is amazing right there's just there's small things about it that i just dislike i think and i don't know look i put on a best of list um sure and i don't think i had to like necessarily um well, because my response was like, what, how do you leave it off, right? 
Right. I mean, there's plenty of movies that I see great value in that I'm not a huge fan. Here's a prime example of it. Mm-hmm. You're fucking... The thing you always bring up is that fucking spring, summer... Fall, winter, fall, spring. Winter, yeah. spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that movie has incredible like artistic value. I just find it boring. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean I don't like appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Fellini movies. There's another example. I think Eight and a Half is a brilliant movie. Just not my cup of tea, you know? Right. I don't particularly like watching it, but like I can uh, appreciate the importance of it right so i don't know i feel like apocalypse now is a similar thing where like i fully appreciate everything that you know that movie accomplishes and how stupendous of a work of art it is but well let me ask you this question does does world trade center rank in the top five at all top five what oliver stern Because Snowden, 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 Snowden didn't, so... Um, Let me look him up again, even though it's only been like a week since we talked about this. My brain is like a sieve anymore. Um, it's a cold world out there. Starting to get a little frosty myself. Um, <laughs> nah. Yeah. Just check him. It's, uh, it's top ten. Okay. Yeah. Snowden's, Snowden's not top ten, is it? No. It's it's an eminently watchable movie, but it's just you know. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's a very appropriate tribute to a really horrible event right. and the people that were involved in it. So. Yeah. So. so I, I think U-Turn is a better movie than World Trade Center, just in terms of, like, watchability. Right. Eh, I think U-Turn's a decent movie. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, no one's ever going to go back in time and be like, oh, what a what a fucking classic of modern cinema. But at the same time, like, right. you know, you give me the option to watch it again, I'm probably going to watch U-Turn. Of course, right. it's also been fucking 20-some years since I've sure, seen it. Sure, I haven't seen U-Turn since it came out with VHS. Yeah. Yeah, I watched yeah. it in the theater opening weekend, and that was the yeah. last time. No, oh. I watched U Turn after work. Hmm. I was working at the theater then, so it was a it was a Thursday night movie. Yeah, yeah. So the only Nick Cage, I I did see a weird reference. Um, so we're actually filming this on a on a on a different day or recording this on a different day. But um, I just so happened to see. I don't know if you saw it, a weird Nick Cage reference uh, on the wrestling subreddit. Um. That uh, or Paul White was talking about the Big Show. Um, as people might know him, uh, was talking about when he first signed with WWE. Nick Cage reached out to him because his son was a big fan, um, and tried to get him uh, Big Show into a Russell Crowe movie. And he went to Vince McMahon and, and said that I'm paying you to be a wrestler, not an actor. Um, and didn't didn't get to do the movie. Um, but apparently Nick Cage's son was um big fan. Big wonder shit. if he's watching AEW now. Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Um, but um, that's, I came across that. I also forgot that um, one of the videos that I linked to on YouTube for Resume um, 
resumes in my technical writing class. Uh, I forgot about this today when I was just going through my materials, make sure my links work. Um, not so much in like resume writing, but just like designing resumes in Word. Uh, the guy uses um, Nick Cage um, as, and I must, this is before we did the quick cage, um, uses like Nick Cage as like the person he's writing it for. And then like uses like, references to nick cage movies and shit like that like to like build out the resume to show people like how to um uh, format a resume appropriately um and i forgot about that as well that's pretty uh pretty weird it is yeah there's some like dude from like some place like uh i don't know sorry like my midwestern or midwestern listeners um i don't know he's like some some place like a like a county in ohio and works for like some sort of like you know health department and is like teaching people like how to like format a resume in word um but i thought it was a he was he's he's engaging enough like you know to and he formats largely like i format so um i just link to kind of give people an example of this like six minute video but he uses cage stuff um that's and it's cool. like a and it's like a county government dude like using cage um which i just thought was like weird at the time and like funny but wonder if he listens to the podcast i don't know uh, maybe should i should on, i should reach out to him on on, yeah on youtube yeah um <clears throat> okay like, hey bro we gave you a shout out even though we didn't uh, say who you right. are right yeah um yeah i can't remember you can cl- you can click the hyperlink in Chris's brain to access the. <laughs> uh. Um, if you're interested in watching this, it's both on Netflix and it's free on YouTube. So, oh, that's right. oh, okay. um, so what's the final score on this movie and on the cage performance? I mean, it's honestly, it's a seven out of ten. The movie itself, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a solid like C plus film, I think. Right. Um, and I would say that Cage is like like an eight out of ten. Yeah. It's definitely, um, definitely he's showing like reverence or deference to the idea of like playing this guy straight, basically, and not making him like a weirdo or a caricature. So I, it's, uh, I, I appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to like, you know, sometimes I really like listening to like you, like just like shit on a movie and talk about how bad it is, but. I'm glad this. I'm kind of glad this wasn't one of them. It's a nice surprise, I guess. At least, anyway. I um, I I would have felt weird if I had to like really shit on this movie. So I do feel better about being able to just give it sure like a, a relatively positive review. Right. Well, never. Um, yeah. So we'll avoid all those movies like you know ninety three that that might happen at. Oh, I don't care to watch anything like that. I look again, like I wouldn't watch this if it wasn't a, a cage movie, but I don't feel bad having watched it. So, you know. Right. Yeah. All right. Um so that's another one off the list. Um Yeah, I don't know how many we have left, but I mean it's towards the end of August. Um we'll have one more left in August, I guess, and so yeah, we only have uh, like three months left. <clears throat> what are we? What are, what are we? We haven't fully figured out what we're gonna do after the quick cage, right? 
We've talked about a couple things, but we'll see. Yeah, I guess it depends on that other podcast, right? Possibly. Uh, yeah. I we mean, got, if, if we got to invest time in that, then it might be best to take a break on um like a, a midweek thing. For a little we bit. wouldn't be doing that every week, would we? No, nah, I think that would be every two weeks, probably. But, yeah. um, but still, like, I mean, it's still an investment of a couple hours, I would say. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll, kind of investment. we'll see if it ever even happens. Uh, it'll happen. Um, there's a John Milius documentary that's really good that's on YouTube for free. I'm scrolling through the YouTube free movies he's, right he's, now. He's, 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 not, he's not interesting to me. It's a pretty interesting documentary. Yeah. I mean, just from the perspective of like, I don't know, like somebody getting blacklisted for some reason. You know what I mean? Like seeing the evolution of that is, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, think, yeah, I, I think, think that's, yeah, that, and, that, and that's fucked up, like about him getting blacklisted to me. But I mean, <clears throat> just like I think it's fucked up that, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Dragged across concrete. Um, oh, right. Why? Every Zoller. Yeah, Zoller. yeah, yeah. Yes, that's Greg Zoller. Yeah, um, like that he gets so much shit over, like you know, the idea because he's never spoken about politics that I that I'm aware of. But it's like people like assume he's conservative, and um, because of his movies, and which I think we kind of like dismantled that when we talked about um the Western. Um, what's the Western horror that he did? Oh, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, I mean, because they criticize that movie as well, like, you know, and it's like, I think we kind of just, like, deconstructed, like, how ridiculous, like, that argument is Um, uh, when we talked about that movie, and um, but he, he gets, constantly gets criticized by, like, people, like, you know, for, like, being like this, like, kind of neoconservative type, and um, I don't see it. Like, I just think he's making movies that he would have liked when he was young, and that's it, and maybe that's incongruous to modern times sometimes, like, the violence, but, um... um I really I feel like if I was making movies, those would be the movies I would make. Right, right. I mean, the things that I love from my childhood are definitely not politically correct and... Right. Although, I would say that I recognize those things as not being acceptable anymore. Like, I find them unacceptable, so... I don't know, maybe I wouldn't... I'm never making a movie, so it don't fucking matter. Um, I, I do have I did have Michael Pena here pulled up another movie that he's good in in a terrible fucking movie is Fantasy Island from last year oh I never watched that yeah it's it's really bad you don't need to watch it but um but he's he's good in it um I, I really like him a lot I, I really like that guy just in general um but um yeah fucking terrible movie um but um I just I figured I would mention if I had it pulled up here. Um, I think that he's one of the more eminently relatable actors, no matter what role he's performing. It's a good word. Yep. Like you, you, you feel like like he's a guy that you could know in some way. Like you, you say this about um, fuck, who do you say it about all the time? It's another wrestler. Oh, it's Eddie Kingston, right? Wrestling. Eddie Kingston. It's it's yeah. the same idea. It's like. Yeah. 
you've known Michael Pena at some point in your life as a dude that like you worked with or mm-hmm. you've known socially or whatever. Like that, it's a guy that like immediately you know, like oh yeah, like I, I don't. Know. I think some people are very like unrecognizable as human in certain like certain actors. Yeah, but I think that Pena is one of the ones that like you know he always has that element of humanity to him absolutely and i think he has a great range too and i i don't think he's used enough i'll be honest like i i think he has a much wider range than what he gets cast for like when you watch certain movies um that he's in where he has much more dramatic stuff um he should be cast a lot more yeah oh yeah people should just go watch that season of the shield where he's um army oh yeah yeah no Um, incredible but it's like like you said ant-man it's like you see his comedic chops you know i mean like he which i think people overutilize with him um at times and kind of stereotype him a little bit and, uh, but um but yeah he, he's got tons of range to him tons um and that's the best part about fantasy island is there's a slightly different character that he plays um uh more reserved uh more introspective um you know, you know, slightly menacing at times. Like, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's a good role. It's just too bad to be around it. It's just fucking terrible. But, um, yeah, now he's got a lot of range to him. But I wish yeah, he was doing more. So. All right. Well, um, I can't imagine the odds are at this point, Frank, that um, next week's going to be bad. No, I think next week will be good. I already know what next week is going to be. Oh, do you? Oh, okay. Right. I, I I think I'm gonna. F- so you're really going to dig yourself into a hole in the like, <clears throat> last two months. Then there's two. The last movie of this podcast is definitely a positive review, so that's already in the bag. And I th- again, I think there's at least like two or three others that are going to be roundly positive. So you know, we but, get what we get. I, are Are you finishing with fucking Captain Frappuccino's? Like, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So that is going to be a thing. All right. Um, cool. Yeah, that's right. I, I always forget that you like that movie, like, actually, um, because I make fun of it so much. Um, I, yeah. I I like it more than I dislike it. Like, that's right. always always the way. Yeah. Well. All right. Cool. All right. Well, maybe we'll have another good one next week. And um, so now it's like a waiting game to see, like, when it just all goes downhill. Yeah, it's coming. Right. Hey, at least to counteract that, we have a really good um really good end of August, really good September um on the primary podcast. And um, I'm assuming what will be a really good October um um as well. because uh, I'm really interested in the horror movie anthology list that you come up with. Um and um we'll be finishing off that horror list in ninety nine. Uh, but yeah, um, next next month with, with the Elmore Leonard stuff that I'm watching now, and the '70s crime movies, and even the '98 horror movies, um, good stuff coming up on that. So yeah. even yeah. if it all goes to shit here, um, listen to the primary podcast because uh, we got good stuff coming. Up. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.